welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're happy that you're uh, joining us today, and uh, today we're actually finishing off uh, four weeks, four episodes of our podcast that we've been focusing on topics around sex. So uh, uh, this is the last episode that we're doing on our series of sex. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Sullivan over here. Josh, Hello. welcome to you. Thank you, yeah. And Matt Van Milligan over to my right. Hello. Matt, always a pleasure, Matt. Yeah, so we've had quite a month. You know, yeah. we, yeah, we yeah. joked in the last couple of episodes, sex month on the Catholic Buzz, yeah. but yeah. we talked about uh, the beauty of sex, yep. right? Then we talked about violations, like things yep. that distort uh, the beauty of sex. Uh, last week, amazing episode with uh, Teresa Marie here, Matt, your lovely wife. Uh, and we talked about natural family planning and what the church allows for that. Exactly, yeah. and it was, it was it was such a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this week uh, we're going to end off our sex month talking about something that is really uh, plaguing the world. It's a pandemic. It, yeah. it really is. I think it's one of the things that I like. It's one of the things that I don't think anybody realizes just how badly it plagues society. Yeah. So we're going to talk about pornography and we're going to talk about masturbation and the catechism of the Catholic church actually mentions them both, both. And so we're going to talk about those two things uh, today. So you were talking about uh, statistics. So let's just talk statistics first before we say what the, what the church says. So uh, like most statistics on, so on pornography, right. Say that the average age of a, of someone's first exposure to pornography is 11, 11 years old. Okay. So that's most statistics that say that. However, Okay, you know the company Bit Defender. You would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a it's an online uh, security technology company, right? So Bit Defender has uh, new research out, and they report that children under the age of ten now account for twenty two percent of oh. online porn consumption for the category of under eighteen years old. Wow, scary, That's unreal, and yeah, um, yeah like. When I read this, it was like, uh, it's sad. Just outside, I mean, yeah, just the scientific, like their brains aren't fully developed. Their brain, mm-hmm. you know, like all that, like the, 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 ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know? And you know, like you, you think about that, this age category, like they're, they're, yeah. they're these are children. These yeah, are yeah, children. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me who works in the schools a lot, you know, you see people this age and, uh, it's just heartbreaking that that this is something that's part of their of their life. Okay, so yeah, so that's what uh, Bit Defender said that the under ten age group is now accounting for one in ten visitors to porn sites. As uh, that's what Bit Defender's yes. new research says. So that's crazy. So parents, yeah. if you think that you your children aren't watching, but and and you know what, actually, you know, everyone has a, all these all this age group that we're talking about. They're always on the iPad. They're always on an iPhone, or yeah, and or it, they're it, always on something. I think it's a failure a lot of times in a way of parenting, and I, yeah. you know, because having good parenting practices. I mean, nowadays it is it is kind of like not not all parents for sure, but but it's yeah. easy as a parent to say, yeah, get out of my hair. You know what yes, I mean? And here's then, the thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. so if they take their electronic the device and go. And yeah. if, if this isn't on your radar, it may not. It may just be a blind exactly. spot for the parents. That like, yeah. you know, yeah. this, this is my age group of parents. And a little bit like when I was 
you know, 13 and under, it's like it took me three days to download a song from Napster. It's yeah, like, exactly. Right. Like we didn't <laughs> yeah, have the, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, the technology, technology at that time. No, it was important. Exactly. Yeah. Like the technology is really what kind of enables. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so more stats for you, okay? You thought that, yeah. So that was focusing on where, where people are first exposed to pornography, okay? But here are some uh, other stats. So uh, every second, every second, uh, about 30,000 people are watching pornography on the internet. Wow. Every second, okay? Um they say that uh, 68 million search queries related to pornography are made every day. 68 million. 68 million search queries. Okay. Yeah. That's 25% of total searches in the day. Okay. I know. 35% of all internet downloads are porn. 35% of all downloads. Yeah. That's crazy. One, uh, uh, it says... Uh, 40 million American people regularly visit porno, porno sites. Yeah. It's crazy, eh? Uh, and and uh, I think what people don't realize is just how vast it is, like how available. Like I think someone, something, something I was reading here said like a third of the internet is porn. A third yeah. of the internet is porn. Yeah, yeah, and it's just so uh, accessible. Like you were saying like, you know, when you had to download a music file or yeah. something like that from Napster, it took a few days, yeah. right? And I think you're right. Like maybe parents uh, who are parents to kids now, when they think of pornography, they think of like something that was available in the top rack of the magazine yeah. shelf or something like that, where yeah. where it's like you know, just by clicking or 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 um, uh, it's it's it's. Ex- and it's accepted today as, yeah. as a regular thing. And it's it's kind of like one of those things that just have, like even with, like when we were growing up, like we said, it would be like magazines and stuff because the internet was just getting going. But magazines, and you weren't allowed to buy magazines unless you were a certain age, if I remember yeah. correctly. I mean, I never tried. But I remember it being a, a, a big deal, yeah. you know? And so um, nowadays, like it just takes a phone and it's exactly. free all over the place. And like you said, like 35%, like... That it that doesn't surprise me for for the reason that why people like whenever even um, so sorry my my own stuff at at home using uh, searches and and trying to show an innocent picture of something whatever it may be uh, you know like if if, if we look up um, I don't know something uh, like if we look up uh, catechism of the Catholic Church right. and you go to Google Images for that and you scroll down, somewhere in there, there's going to be inappropriate like pictures. Like a provocative photo. A provocative photo. That leads to something exactly, else. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So like, it's all word queries. Eh? It's and all that's, like, And yeah. that's, like, that, that, like, there's been many times, Easter Bunny, I remember looking up one time, I was trying to find a picture of the Easter Bunny to, so that we could print out and color and stuff. And the stuff that came up there, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's you know? a good looking Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, I'm uh, sure this person doesn't come to my house at night. <laughs> but, Here's uh, some more stats for you, okay? Yeah. Uh, the number of people using a work computer to access <laughs> pornography was as high as twenty eight percent. Can I can yeah. I just speak to that? And yeah, okay, sorry, the average visit length was thirteen minutes on a work device. The people don't understand. So the the reason I, I wanted to say, I teach my students. I teach computers, and yeah. we we talk about this. This is a, like a subject that we do address at points. Just saying, like you are in every intimate like every person's intimate details you know everything and so the privacy that comes along with being that being that person that gets to see everything uh but also our duty is also to report everything you know and to not anything that's a violation um so depending on what what the 
um, rules are of the specific work. Yeah. You might have to write, if it's against the law, it's against the law, um, the awful stuff that's out there, but, um, and that's reported no matter what. But they, like this one here, there are, it, it's happened, and I know of computers that I've had to deal with that are work computers that have had that stuff on it, you know? And you have to kind of be like, okay, you cannot do this on your work computer. It's that, That's crazy. That's crazy yeah. to me. Uh, okay, and how in, how porn usage hurts teenagers? Uh, all the studies are showing that it raises the risk of depression. Okay, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, there's a serious, significant relationship between the amount of pornography a teenager uses and the feelings of loneliness, and uh, including major depression that they have. There's a very significant link, and it hinders their sexual development. So oftentimes. Uh, they're learning, you know, they're they're in the pornography viewing stage while they're trying to figure out, like, trying to handle their sexuality. They're they're going through puberty. They're all these things are happening, you know. So it hinders their sexual development as well. And I think a myth that's out there too, just to put it, kind of put it, because we're we're saying teenagers, yeah. And and some people, de- depending on on um, where you came from and your background, where you came from, a lot of times I've heard this kind of talk. Or growing up, this talk was always geared towards guys. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And while while it, that makes sense for reasons we'll get to, I'm sure. Yeah. It also affects a large percentage of women. Sure. In America, the st- the stat is one third of porn viewers or users yeah. are women. Are women? Yeah. So there, there you go. Like it's it's it, it is a um, I don't want to say market. It's a it's a big women that suffer with this is not are not alone. It's yeah. not a, it's not you know. So uh, obviously, so today we're talking about pornography and masturbation. You know, often the two are linked. Um, and, and you mentioned that it's like a teenage thing, but like there's adults oh, uh, that, with yeah, this, yeah. The, that are, that are using pornography, yeah. uh, people who are in marriages, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in every walk of life are, are, are have so, such access to pornography. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure, so the catechism sure. of the Catholic church, let's go there because, uh, it's so beautiful, uh, to, to, uh, and the, and this teaching, eh, like this teaching, about pornography and masturbation, yeah. you know, like before even the pornography was so accessible like it is it is today. today. So if you're following along, it's uh, the uh, let's do pornography first on uh, yep. 2354. That's Catechism of the Church 2354. So it says pornography consists in removing real and simulated sexual acts from the intimacy of the partners in order to display them deliberately to third parties. It offends against chastity because it perverts the con conjugal act the intimate giving of spouse to each other we talked about this yeah. like mm. like this kind of just falls into a couple episodes ago when we we're exactly. talking about the the sins against sex um it does grave injury to the dignity of its participants the actors the vendors the public since each one becomes an object of base pleasure and illicit profit for others it immerses all who are involved in the illusion of a fantasy world. It is a grave offense. Civil authorities should prevent the production and distribution of pornographic materials. Wow. Kind of straightforward there. Very straightforward and, and such truth there, right? It does grave injury to the dignity of all of its participants, like obviously the actors involved, but those who are involved in just the industry as well. Like there's a dignity that's just... Uh, you know, perverted for lack of better words, I guess. Uh, you know, yeah. It's taking. It's taking like a, to bring it back to what we talked about: sex being the act between two people, uh, married couple that give themselves wholly to each other. 
this is distorting that completely. Uh, you're you're having third parties, as it says, third parties are watching, and but every part out that is involved in this is, is there's a problem with it, you know. Yeah. So. Okay. So, um, the and other one? the Catechism of the Church uh, on masturbation. So two, three, five, two. Yeah. It says by masturbation is to be understood the deliberate. Uh, stimulation of the genital organs in order to derive sexual pleasure. Both the magisterium of the church in the course of a constant tradition and the moral sense of the faithful have been in no doubt and have firmly maintained that masturbation is intrinsically and gravely disordered action. The deliberate use of the sexual faculties for whatever reason outside of marriage is essentially contrary to its purpose. For here, sexual pleasure is sought outside of the sexual relationship, which is demanded by the moral order and in which the total meaning of mutual self-giving and human procreation in the context context of true love is achieved. So again, no bonding, no babies, right? I think we talked about this, but there's other things. I mean... We, we talked about it, Matt, I think you brought it up, uh, or maybe it wasn't you that brought it up. We, we talked about it offline, maybe, about um, in the sexual act, the ox, oxytocin yeah. that's released. I mean, maybe Tristan, we brought it up too at, at the last episode, and that oxytocin is released when you orgasm, yeah. right? And so, you, and that oxytocin is used for bonding. Yeah. If there is nothing, no human to bond to, um, it doesn't matter, or or the bonding is misplaced onto objects of desire, or you know, it's that the lust after something else. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the normal like bonding hormone that's yeah. released during, and and it's uh, um, released when uh, when a woman gives birth as well. That is like yeah. it's the it's, it's the um, the bonding hormone um, mm, that but, God gave us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, which is one of the things that makes pornography that much more kind of nefarious, because like a lot of times we talk about it as as an addiction, as it's something like. That people get into, but it gets to a point where it's habitual, and it's like they can't actually yeah. break out of it, even if they want to. Um, but it's it's much worse because um, normally, when you have kind of an addictive behavior, yeah. you know, it, it releases dopamine in your brain, and your brain, yeah. you know, like yeah, you, yeah. you like that dopamine, really, you continue t- in that behavior, and it becomes addictive. Um, with the addition of oxytocin, you're bonding to the behavior in a much deeper kind of chemical way yeah um so which yeah again like people who are even even um a lot of secular um psychologists um you know uh, people are are recognizing this that you know standing up against yeah yeah, that that this this isn't just a you know a church is saying no because they want to you know control your behavior it's no this is this is a real problem and this is a societal problem um and it's it's actually harming people's development yeah and it is, I think, I think, good that you brought that up because it is, it is an addicting nature quality to it. Um, the other thing too, I was listening to some stuff in preparation for today, and uh, talking about how um, in releasing um, dopamine and oxytocin, part of part of the problem, one of the things I never quite understood. I knew, I mean, I knew it was bad from the church and everything else, but one of the things that I never understood from a scientific point of view, why would someone who's not religious or not uh, doesn't have the faith or not Catholic, or why would they stand up against it? Mm-hmm. And so looking at the scientific part of view, one of the things that they talked about was specifically um, because we get dopamine from other places mm-hmm. and we get dopamine from eating, we get dopamine from exercising, we get dopamine from all the pleasurable stuff in life that we get dopamine from. The problem with uh, masturbating specifically and then pornography that comes along with it because... Um, they're linked. They that 
act itself is a release of dopamine, you become immune to the levels of dopamine and oxytocin in your system. And so what happens is you have to start getting those um, getting those fixes, if you will, yeah. on a more regular basis. So people that are addicted to pornography, it's not like a, a once a month type thing. It, it starts off that way, or it starts off as once in a blue moon because they fall into it or, or you know, whatever. But then eventually, um, masturbation and pornography, um, getting these dopamine releases come on a more frequent base and a more frequent base and more until the point where it's out of control. Um, and, and that's the other way. What happens there too is we get it from other, like, so if we're doing pornography, we might get it from um, a quaint, a, like soft core porn, if that makes sense. We'd be just basically things that are very sexual, but not actually pornography, if that makes sense. We might get those releases from that. And maybe that's how we started or maybe that's how we were introduced to stuff. But then what happens is because the, that's not doing it for us anymore. We're not getting that same oxytocin release. We're not getting the dopamine because it's not as exciting. And Chemically, you're getting diminishing returns. Exactly, yeah. you're you're becoming you're becoming um, um, less desensitized. Des- or desensitized. Yeah, desensitized yeah. to it. Just like alcohol, right? Yeah. You take one drink and then it, and then eventually you have a couple more, and then you know, alcoholics are, are drinking all the time, all the, just trying to keep that buzz going. Same kind of thing when you're talking about pornography or masturbation, and so eventually it gets to the point where you start perverting the pornography that you're looking at, and so it, it becomes from from I'm not going to from just say what you would do in the sexual uh, confines of marriage to outside the what was allowed by the Catholic Church to even then bizarre and twisted and disgusting different pornography. And if you find yourself going down that road, that's why. It's a chemical thing. You're becoming more, you have a problem. You need to, you need to stop that. You're hurting yourself, you know? And that is something that you have to kind of stand up and go, okay. So if you're hearing this now for the first time, you go, oh, I, I either I understand that because I've been down that road or... I, I see what's going on here. Oh, stop it. You need you need to stop it because you're, it, that fix doesn't get better, doesn't get easier. And then all, on the other side, sorry, the other side that happens, it also then diminishes your dopamine levels for anything else. Yeah. So you're not exercising as much as you wanted to before because exercise isn't giving you the dopamine fix that it used to. You don't feel good when you're exercising anymore because it's just gone. Um, uh, the food you're eating, you either got to eat a lot more food to get that same dopamine fix or, or you don't eat like, you know what I mean? Like it, or it's, or you're not eating because it's just not giving you the fix. You know what I mean? So like you start going one way or another. And so all those pleasure, like it distorts not only your sexual, um, life, if that makes sense, it distorts every other part of your life. Yeah, you're right. And I thought you were going in a different direction. (laughs) What you said is true. Um, But also when you do, you know, uh, if if this is uh, someone's kind of developmental track in in, in how their kind of sexual psychology is developed, when they do enter a monogamous relationship, when they do enter marriage, they don't have that kind of initial chemical starting point that they've already spent their kind of diminishing returns um, on all of these kind of... (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, what what, what but turns then, them on, if you will, what what, yes. what what when they can achieve it is so bizarre and twisted that the regular yeah. acts are yeah. not going to do it for them and anymore. But what should be that initial kind of bonding yeah. at a chemical level yeah. has it's has not. already been in a lot of ways kind of been spent. Yeah, and twisted. Yeah. yeah. So let's you know. So we have these stats. We have what the church says. Yeah. You know, now someone is 
the statistics show that you know a good percentage of people are, are viewing pornography, right? Yeah. And you mentioned a good thing about yeah. addiction, you know. So yeah. there are uh, people who are addicted to pornography like that. Yeah. Is is it's absorbing? It's affecting their way of life, and they right? might not realize it until maybe just now, or right. or they slowly are seeing the distortion happen. You know, what I mean? right? But I I don't want to just say like because there are some people out there who will say, well, I'm not addicted to pornography, so it's not a problem for me. <laughs> so I can still use it once a month. No, or no, it's not twice like alcohol. a month or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, I want to make it clear that, uh, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, to go back to what you were reading from the, the catechism of yeah. the church, you know, the deliberate Brave. stimulation yeah. of the genital organs, the deliberate stimulation of the, uh, you know, like we are forcing them to work uh, in a way outside of how they should. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're yeah, deliberately yeah. Stimulating, them, stimulating them to work outside of what, like that in itself, uh, you know, but you have, you have to look at also the effects that uh, it has, you know, um, the clear thing is, you know, if, if you're, if you are parents listening to this and your, your young people are in their rooms all the time, With don't the be fooled. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a reason they're in their rooms all the time, What you know, and, and it affects their way of life. It affects their social skills. It affects what they think about. It, it affects how they view people. It affects how they interact with people, but that's not just teenagers. No. It's young Everybody. adults. It's adults. Yep. Uh, pornography has like look at the studies that say what the effect of pornography has on our brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy. It, it's very like the chemical highs and everything else are very similar to like you're di- you're not only distorting the chemical highs and everything else. You're not like you're just taking a drug, but also your social interactions, as you're saying, because you're not only now now you're everything that everything you're thinking about because your world is revolving around this kind of thing. Now everything becomes a different like um, I think back to when I was a young younger kid, okay, and teenager, whatever else. And the first time my wife, let's use her, well, the first time my wife and I we brushed hands. Ooh. You know, ooh, you brushed hands. We were we were Careful like sixteen. Or, I know this. we were sixteen or seventeen, and our hands brushed, and the excitement that I felt at just that touch. You know, like the intimacy, not the arousal, the intimacy exactly. that was felt at that time. Nowadays, like that's that's lost a lot of times because because you've already had much more. Um, Exposure, I guess, to other things. Sure. One of the other things that people don't realize, and we kind of uh, we we were bringing this up on a family chat, was just with TV and video games and all of that. And but this is where it loops into pornography specifically. Um, when we watch TV and we watch video games, or we're on the computer, one of the things that we see is when we're watching live action uh, war, let's say, or we're playing war in a video game or whatever. Our bodies as humans, our brains interpret that and puts us into the situation. And so our brains are putting us into that war. And so it's it's exciting for us. Our hearts are racing. Or if you're in a horror movie, you're jumpy at that time or whatever. And then so if we turn that into now pornography, you're you're doing the same thing. You're putting yourself as if you're standing in the room or that you're committed to the act or whatever the case may be, that you're there and... And so right away now, when it happens for real in the confines of marriage, it's no longer special. It's no longer like you've had numerous sexual partners in the way that your brain functions. It's like, okay, this is just just another naked person. You know what I mean? To me, like this is, it's not like you were saying before. And I, I, um, I heard someone speaking uh, a few years ago saying that like this, uh, like it's a problem in and of itself. He's like, but this becomes a real problem. Um, when it's taken out of that context. So yes. we're saying that like, um, 
uh, pornography becomes even more of a problem um, when um, you're placing yourself in those scenarios, when you start becoming interested in the storyline, which which was a really, really strange oh, way of putting it. Because like the, the pretext for every... The joke uh, of, of is, pornography. Is that everyone story. around them yeah. is, is sexually available all the time. Yeah. yeah but when you yeah. take, again, if it, it, looking at the way that pornography kind of rewires your brain, if you're taking that to the world around you, it begins to affect... You become creepy. How, how, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Because you think everybody wants sex. Yeah. Or, 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 you, or, yeah, you start imagining yourself in scenarios with people who, you know, you need to maintain a professional relationship with, or you have oh, all of these, and it, yeah, it, it, it kind of good. ruins your ability to kind of perceive normal human relationships. I never thought of that. That's, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It really does. Okay. So uh, I want to address to the shame that's uh, yeah. uh, associated with this because now, you know, people listening here, it's like, okay, they, they watch pornography um, they're uh, masturbating. You know, even people in marriages and stuff that are are still, uh, you know, masturbating and things like that. Like, so where do we go with that? Like, how do we begin to talk about it? There's a shame attached with it, but I think that uh, in order to really uh, overcome yeah. either masturbation or pornography, is we have to get over the shame. We have to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. One of the most successful ways to beat an addiction to pornography. Or masturbation. Sure, we have to recognize it. We have to want to change. There has to be willpower there, right? Uh, Like people have to take an honest look at themselves and say, what I'm doing is not, is is, what I'm doing is hurting me. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And uh, one of the best ways that uh, people overcome these things is with an accountability partner. Yeah. It's true. So if you're, if you're in a married relationship, you know, to address that with uh, your spouse, maybe you have a good friend. Maybe you have someone that you feel comfortable talking with us. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a colleague or, or a sibling or something, you know, an accountability partner where uh, you can have those honest conversations where you can overcome that feeling of shame, yeah. right? That like works, 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 you know? Yeah. So that's one of the ways, but you're right. You have to acknowledge the fact yeah. that there is a problem, right? There, there, that there is some hurt going on. Also, the other thing that we have to realize is it's not going to happen overnight, Right. Like, uh, I was just talking with, uh, uh, she's a counselor at uh, a seminary, and maybe she's listening to this episode, uh, but <laughs> I was just having a conversation uh, about this with her, uh, and she was talking about, like, how she, when she counsels people yeah. on, on this topic, that by the time people come to her, you know, they've had, like, 10, 20, 25 years of watching pornography, and yeah. that that has done something that has rewired the brain that has rewired our our habits that has led our if life. If you think smoking it's, is hard to quit. Yeah, it's going to take time to undo yeah. that, yeah, yeah, right? That makes sense. So people who think, okay, I've been watching pornography for 5 years, for 10 years, for 15 years, for whatever it is, like for those, you know, for young people who yeah. maybe have been watching a short a shorter amount of time, let's say 5 yeah. years, you know, quit now because in 10 years, in 15, 20 years, it's yeah. going to be harder to quit. So it's it's it, there's this process of undoing that habit of undoing yeah. Yeah. the effect that it has on your brain of, of the effect that even how you consume things like you're saying like seeing images following stories yeah. looking yeah. at people yeah, yeah. like that has done a number to your brain and it's uh, that's going to take a while that's going to take a process to, to undo, undo. Mm-hmm. it makes sense too so the very first thing as Catholics if we if we really want to conquer this thing yeah. we have to realize that the root here is a sin. Sure. Right, and so that not it, it has a lot of biological that we're talking about, a lot of biological effects and everything else. But the not the best way to get over this 
is to go to confession. Sure. And that's not to say leave it until you get to confession right. to deal with this problem. This is stop now. Yeah. And get yourself to confession. You and go if, ask, make an appointment. You with know, the as priest. a priest who hears confessions, yeah. I'm going to say this: that uh, you know, people are sometimes embarrassed to bring that to confession because they're bringing it all the time, right? Like they're <laughs> yeah. they're it's a it's a it's a sin they're struggling with, and they have they have to confess it like each week or each every two weeks. Keep doing it <laughs> because uh, number one, we want to be in the state of grace to receive the Eucharist. That is the most important thing as Catholics. We want to be in the state of grace to receive the Eucharist, but. The more we confess it, the more we are uh, trying, you know, we're trying, trying, trying to overcome that. The priest yeah. can help you uh, in in his advice to you uh, when when he knows that it's a recurring thing that you keep confessing, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, there's there's a different help there instead of like, you know, those people who go around to different priests and it's like, okay, yeah. once we can have this, you know, but but. Like, we just have to get over the shame. Sin is shameful because we have to admit something about ourselves we don't like. But there's joy and there's grace that comes when we uh, admit it, when we ask for forgiveness and the Lord grants us that forgiveness. So keep bringing it to confession. Be in a state of grace when you go uh, to the Eucharist. Eucharist. I remember asking a priest one time, uh, like, I just feel so bad because I'm bringing the same sin over and over to confession. Mm -hmm. And And he said to me, I'd rather you bring the same sin than try to commit new ones. You know, like, like that, that's yeah. that's that, that's the ongoing, right? Like, I'd ra- I'd rather hear this and we struggle with it and and hear that you're struggling with it and try to get over it yeah. than than yeah. So you were mentioning like a lot of secular groups too have campaigns. Yeah. Celebrities have campaigns against pornography. Yeah. Uh, lots of people talking about the effects of pornography that yeah. it's had on them. You know, like I can just think of like Terry Crews, for example, yeah, has, a, one, yeah. has a, you know, has some good following on online. There's a company called Fight the New Drug and it tells the statistics. It's all over Instagram and TikTok, uh, the stats on porn and how, how to overcome porn. And then it, they share beautiful stories of people who have overcome their struggles, right? For teenagers, I always, always tell them to go on Instagram and to follow um, his name is John Franco Martinez. He's the porn recovery coach. He's just a young man. Yeah, he's just a young man who who has struggled with uh, pornography and masturbation himself. Yeah. Uh, right now uh, on his Instagram, you know, he says he's gone seven hundred plus days of porn free. Uh, now he's helping other young people to do the same. Nice. Like follow him on Instagram. There's lots of uh, things. Jason Everett, another good one, a, yeah. a popular Catholic yeah. speaker, and his wife Christalina. They write beautiful things about chastity, overcoming and they, and pornography. And they focus on younger people, so yeah. their, their stuff is really easy to understand. And, and that's has simple. A lot of, Go online. Yeah. You're online anyways. Yeah. Chastity.com. <laughs> Chastity.com is... So, uh, so those are ways of learning some stuff, but some of the other ways, first of all, start putting boundaries and rules. If they're your parents looking sure. at this, start yeah. looking... like So for, in our house, in our house, um, the, televo- uh, te- the devices, yeah. um, we don't have computers or phones in the bedroom. Right. And so um, uh, we, uh, we were talking about this not too long ago, yeah. how um, at my house, the kids leave their stuff normally downstairs. Uh, uh, if they want to be on their phone, they're allowed to do that in the living room or our TV room or wherever, but they're not allowed to do that in their room. Now, I also am raising four boys, and, and uh, I'm very particular about this. But um, their phone, so like my son sometimes will go up and charge his phone. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be on his phone or something, and then and he'll be, it's gonna be in his pocket. He'll charge it just outside his bedroom in a little container that we have there. That's okay. It's outside the bedroom. It's allowed to be in the hallway. That's fine. If he has to check something or he's worried about a text. If, you're, if this is not a possibility for you, for whatever, I have alarm. I heard this a couple of times from I teenagers. Know, my phone wakes me up. Then put it 
put it across the bedroom. Yeah. So you have to get so it's up. charged up. It's charged up. The alarm is still going to wake you up. Yeah. But you don't have the opportunity for this sin. And so getting yourself out of that opportunity of sin, meaning if I'm on a diet, I'm not going to keep a chocolate cake in the fridge yeah. and and really hope that I don't eat it. And I'm specifically not going to keep a chocolate cake right on the counter in front of me while I'm sitting there trying to eat healthy. Like exactly. that's it, like you just don't do that. So, you know, you raise a really good point. Like part of part of the Catholic life is to avoid the near occasion of sin. Yeah. And so for someone to really reflect on where what are my triggers? Mm-hmm. When do I use pornography? You know, yeah. when do I when Tired, when am I exactly? Right. Is it late at night? Yeah. Then my phone has to stay somewhere else. Yeah. Is it when no one's home? Then I have to have a backup Lonely. plan. Yeah. Uh, is it uh, you know? Yeah. Am I tired? Am I hungry? Is there something else going on in my life? A- am I angry? Am I Lonely. feeling sad? Yeah. Lonely. Yeah. yeah. There's some. Other- am I just mindless? Some people yeah. just mindless scrolling through the internet. They land on something. But you're bored. And uh, you know, to catch yourself, this is my probably biggest thing is when you are when you, we know our bodies. Yeah. When you know that you're about to. Uh, head down the wrong path. Like, you know, there's that moment where you have a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to change the channel in your yeah, head. Yeah. It's time to get up and move. Because if you stay one minute longer, you're done. Yeah. Like, it, when you first realize, when you first see, like, sometimes things pop up, sometimes things scroll by. When you first see that, it's time to stop. It's time to get up. And, and realize that, that your instinct is not to do that. And I mean, like, your, your brain is telling you want to. Maybe your heart is telling you want to. But your body and your mind are saying, don't, I want that fix. Exactly. Right? And so realizing that you have to control that, that you are on control. Because if you're not, you're just an animal. You're just an instinct. Yeah. Right? And animals deal on instinct. Animals can pleasure themselves whenever they want, but they don't have that thinking capabilities that we have. It's so true. So we've listed a few things that people can do. You know, uh, you can, uh, if someone has to see a counselor or talk to your doctor or talk to your pastor or something like that, you know, find an accountability friend. There's lots of resources online. We're going to share some. Uh, after this episode is done so to help people and if people want uh, I was gonna say if you don't think you have a problem but you still watch pornography I'm going to challenge you right now because this is something that was brought to my attention which was really good just uh, get a get a uh, counter you can get a counter for days of smoking if you want or whatever the case may be you put it on your phone and you check off every day so it just asks you have you have you smoked today and you can say no I haven't smoked today okay I haven't and see, and all of a sudden, oh, you know what? I'm doing this a lot more frequently than I thought I was. I thought, you know what I mean? Realized. Like, because because this is, like I said, it, it doesn't seem to be a big deal until all of a sudden you're too late. All right. Well, thanks for the uh, discussion. If someone wants to leave us a comment, yeah, uh, a you can one. do so uh, at uh, the Catholic Buzz Podcast at gmail.com, or you can comment right on our YouTube channel, our Instagram, or our Facebook. Uh, so thanks for the chat, guys. Uh, for Josh Sullivan. And Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.